Hello and welcome to Assertive Radiance. I am your host, Nadia Fleury. And today's episode, do you love your job? I should have asked that question a long time ago. This is a very interesting topic because the statistics says that over 75% of the U.S. population is disenchanted in some ways with their job. And yet, we all need to work to earn a living. So if 75% of the American population who are actually on a current market right now are disenchanted with their work, what does it do to our self-worth and our confidence if we don't like where we spend most of our week? So my question to you is, do you love your job? And if so, great. And if you don't, what will you be doing about it? Now, this is a very tricky question because sometimes in a business, we love our job. However, there might be someone in the organization that is causing a lot of problems. It could be one negative mind or soul that is just not a team player. He or she may be very intelligent in what the worker is doing, except that is just not a team player with the rest of the organization, and that can sometimes be a challenge. The most challenging that I experience in my life is that this, it was the people above me who were literally what I would refer to as unpleasant. Matter of fact, one of the reasons as to why I am an entrepreneur today is because for the first 20 years of my life on the job market, I was totally disenchanted because I was working for tyrant, literally tyrant. Like, you know, like you never know, who, you, you knew one thing that was for sure is somebody was going to be yelled at at work. You just were hoping that it was not you on that day. And this is really heavy on the system, the, the stress and the the heartache that it does, and why do we do that? I have no clue. This makes me think, what did I attract? What was in me that made me attract employers who were yelling? And um, I thought about that the other day. And it made me think, you know, all my life, my mom never knew how to have a proper conversation. My mom was always never just having a normal conversation. It was always about uh, directing orders in some ways, but with a high-pitched tone. We were so used to it that we just ignore her. Well, we did not ignore her. We did the job as quickly as we could, but we did it with resentment. And this is where a lot of people would love to do their job perfectly as best as they can the thing is that dealing with the resentment that will come from not appreciating the 1% that was wrong is so disenchanting. It just takes the heart out of going to work. It just puts you into the, oh, not again. In 2012, when I said enough of this job market where people are just yelling at each other, I just thought, I may as well be my own boss. That way, I will not have to deal with a tyrant in reality is that we don't all have the luxury to say I can leave my job overnight and do it on my own. 
after all, 95% of the population is driven to looking for a job and wanting to do the best with what they know. We not all entrepreneur, and I get that. And oftentimes, the biggest challenge is to just tough it for the for as long as you can. And if you notice, it will take a toll on your health. The stress level becomes so high that it creates all sorts of discomfort in your. It starts with your stomach. You may actually gain weight, and the reason is because you have so much stress. The stress is caused by a lot of cortisol and it just grabs into your stomach and it just, of course, and also working, sitting down at the desk, it doesn't help. The other thing that can happen afterwards is that, well, since you're not happy at work, you're going to look for something that will either numb your feelings so that you might look into, uh, find a way to escape from, it could be drugs or alcohol, or it could be, um, uh, it could be excess shopping or whatever it is, but it may create in you a sense of dependency of doing something that will fulfill you inside, and it never does. The thing is that your body will run on overdrive, and eventually your body is going to control your habits. That makes you either drink or spend money where you shouldn't, all sorts of things like that. It's a continuous thing. It's actually a vicious circle if you are not living in your awareness and notice what your day job is doing to you. Now, I cannot say that all of us in America who are disenchanted, we should quit overnight. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm here to say that there's only one person who who can change the whole situation, and it's you and yourself. And how can you really do that? It's by changing your state of mind. You can always look at two sides of the coin and say, hey, I'm stuck here or, well, I'm grateful that I have a job here, right? Yes, um, it, I, there's many times I came home crying. I had a little one. My, my son at the time was four or five years old, and I was the breadwinner. So I knew that if I was leaving my job, that it would cause a lot of financial problem in the family. And I tough it for as long as I could. And then eventually, out of nowhere, a promotion came, only to change job with a little bit more money. But it was the same kind of atmosphere at work where it was a lot driven by uh, leaders who were, let's just say, unkind to the staff. Remember, as a leader, if you are actually in a position of management, you as a leader you have all these people underneath you that look up to you for direction, for guidance. They need your help. And if you are not capable of helping them, what does it do? What does it do to them? What does it do to you? Now, you might be also in, a, in that middle place where you doom if you say something because you don't want to lose your job either. You know you're not fit for that position but you don't want to lose it either because you don't know if you're going to find another job that pays well out there. How do you handle all that? There's only one person that can help you, and it's yourself. First is to realize that you are responsible for your own happiness. The day that you stop blaming other people around for the things that are not happening in, in your life, then your life will start improving. 
I'm speaking for myself in here because for the longest time, I thought the same way too. It was everybody else's fault that I was where I was. I need to realize that today, it's me. I put myself in that position. So it goes to show that I had to be responsible. You know, it's irrelevant what anybody else is doing. At the end of the day, it's all about you, your own happiness, and how you're going to attain it because nobody else is going to do it for you. Nobody will take care of you better than you. And that applies not only for your health, but also your, your finance. You may feel like where you're at is you earning more money than you can earn out there. The thing is that what does it cost you in your health? If you die two, three years sooner because of stress, did you gain anything by doing that? Now, easy said, not easy done. I get it. As I've experienced everything I'm talking about. There's one motto that I live by forever is if I don't like something, I'm going to change something about it until I like it. Sometimes it requires to do very difficult choices or difficult sacrifice. Sometimes it requires to put blinders on to just plow through and do the things the best you can. At the end of the day, it's all about your state of mind because happiness is in your mind. You don't find happiness necessarily in a paycheck. Yes, it helps because we are so accustomed to live paycheck to paycheck and we we spend on this. But just look at for a moment the, the vicious circle that is happening. Now, for example, you, you are miserable at work and you know that if you look for a different job, you will never get that money that will help you earn an, you know, the same amount. So you feel like you're stuck where you're at. But because you're miserable, now you spend more money. So you go out there and you spend the money that you have. And then you put yourself in a position like, oh, well, I need so much to live on now because how can I, like, let's just take figures. Let's just pretend that you are living on a $100,000 income. And you're spending for that amount of money. And you know that if you find another job, it will bring you to about, let's say, $60,000 a year income. Now, there's a $40,000 a year gap, and you are aware of it. And you may actually also think about all the seniority you have acquired, as well as the uh, vacations and all the, the perk that there is in working for that company. But because the company is driving you insane in, in terms of mental state, now you spend, and you make sure that you spend that 100000 that you earn every year. Maybe you spend even more on credit card, and then it starts to pile up. Without realizing it, your mindset and your unhappiness puts you into that trap because you become addicted to getting something from the outer world that makes you feel better. But in the process, it weakens your ability to shop for another job because you are minus every month or are breaking even, giving you this uncertainty as to, well, how long will you find another job? And at the same time, you're like, well, 
if I cannot live two, three weeks or two, three months without a paycheck. But you see the insanity in what is happening. We are miserable at work, and then we go out there and we spend more. This is also the energy, the lack of energy that you have. You know, in everything is energy. That you spend time working at work is energy. It requires your body to do something. You, you're you're doing something for somebody else for at least 40 hours. It could be on a part-time job, but let's just say 40 hours a week. It could be even longer. And then you have, so that is energy there. And when you take the money, because that's what the company gives you as, a, as an exchange for your work, you take that money and then you go to the store and you buy something. The thing is, look at the cycle. And you know, now that I'm talking about this, it reminds me when I was about 20. I was going out with a guy at the time, and he was so jealous. And I did not know at the time that his jealousy had something to do with him. It had nothing to do with me. But I was taking it on to myself. I felt like I was never good enough to him, obviously, because if I had said hello to another guy, oh my God, I would hear about it for a week. Psychologically, what I was doing is every time he hurt my feeling, I would actually go and buy something that I don't need. And I didn't have the money to do that, but I did it because I needed something to make me feel better. And this is one of the things as human beings is we long to feel good. And the thing is we let the outer world, the people, people who are unhappy and, and unpleasant affect our mood and our emotional state and when we let them get into our head then suddenly we come up with habits not necessarily good supporting habits but habits that further put us in a position of having to endure the pain of being exposed to these people what stops it? Well, sometimes it can be a live event. Some people are so stressed out that eventually they have a stroke or they have a heart attack. They may stay alive from the incident, but usually what will happen is there will be something very drastic that will happen in their life that will be, oh my God, it's now time for me to take care of myself. And this is what I invite you to do. Take assess of what going on in your life? Are you happy with your job? And if not, what can you do, the small little shift that you could do today that would improve your day tomorrow? It could just be that you change your attitude towards that job, being grateful that you have it compared to some people who don't. The next thing is would be to see how else could you channel something that would make you feel better, to have an activity of some kind. A burning desire, and I talk about that a lot before, about a burning desire. Uh, a burning desire, it's more than a wish, and it's more than a, I hope. It is really something that drives you, a passion of some kind. And in that moment, you can start tapping into your own gift. And by doing that, it can level up your energy 
to feel better. The key is to get to a point where other people's feeling, emotion do not affect you anymore. That arriving there where no matter where you are, no matter what people say to you, you just accept it for that's their own perception, but you don't have to take it on to you. For example, let's just imagine that you're a normal weight person and somebody says to you that you're fat. Because that person is saying something that does not apply to you, you have no emotional attached to what it said, but it will not affect you because you know it's not true. So when somebody is affecting you, what is it teaching you? What is it doing for you? Sometimes it's something we need to see about ourselves. Like for me, if I say, oh my God, it's because of this person that I'm not successful. Is that true or not? Nope. It's up to me to decide. It's up to me to assess and it's up to me to be responsible for the result. And if I don't have the result I'm seeking, it's up to me to make it happen, to do something different, to be willing to explore other avenues until I actually see the changes that I need to see. So if you're not happy with your work, what are you willing to do about it? I certainly appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for listening and you have a wonderful day. Bye. If you feel this information could help a friend, please share it. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out at ask at nadiafleury.com.